Hi everyone, welcome to Illumination. My name is Adora Mbelu and I'm extremely passionate about helping people live a purposeful life. On this show, I'm going to be talking with so many amazing people whose journeys I hope will inspire you, will motivate you, and will empower you to do so many amazing things in this world because I believe that you were made for greatness. And so I want you to listen to all of this stuff and I want you to remind yourself that you are light. Today's guest, Steve Harris, also known as Mr. Ruthless Execution, is a trusted authority in the fields of life and business strategy. Steve is a highly sought after consultant, motivational speaker, author, and the CEO of Execution, which is a management consulting and coaching company. He's also regarded as one of the most influential life and business coaches in Nigeria. His online courses have been taken by over 3,000 people and his podcast has been downloaded over 500,000 times. Steve was listed amongst the world's top 100 business coaches to follow on Twitter. He's also been featured in international media such as Forbes Africa, The Economist and Anthony Bourdain's Parts Unknown blog. On this episode of Lumination, Steve talks about his passion to see himself and other people succeed against all odds. Steve, it is brilliant to have you on the show today. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Thanks. I know you're a busy guy, so yeah. you being here means the world you're to worth me. You're worth it. You're worth it. You're worth it. And to the people out there. I, I could only do this for you. Yeah? Yes. And, and, and you know, the thing about it is I'm going to actually put this in my bio. So I feel like I'm, gonna, I'm not going to have like an Instagram yes. thing that Lumina. says Steve. She's worth it. Steve says, no, Steve says yes. Lumina. She's worth She's it. She's worth because it. Because you know you're like... 500,000 downloads. Yeah, we're trying to be modest about that, but we're climbing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> awesome. Um, so we're going to talk about your journey. Okay. We're going to talk about, you know, the lessons that you learned in life and, you know, stuff that people can just pick up from this. Uh, but I just wanted to start at your tag name, right? Okay. So your AKA, yes. which I read on the bio. Um, people call you the ruthless executor, yeah. right? And I want to understand, you know, why do they call you that? Like, where, where did that come from? Uh, well, I think to be honest, it started with um, some of my students. So uh, I run several online courses, business courses, and one of them is called Mastering the Business of Your Talent. Um, and it's a coaching program where I help entrepreneurs, you know, increase their profit, improve their marketing communication, the whole nine yards. Um, and, you know, people signed up to the program for me to coach them. And I noticed that, um, for example, there are two types of coaches. Mm -hmm. They're the guys who, you know, pull you. And then there are the guys who push you. Now, the guys who pull you um, are the ones who will tend to ask you a lot of questions, you know, tell me about your childhood, you know, and they, they probe a lot deeper to get you to come up with the answers, which is great. Um, but there's also an economic model behind that, which simply suggests that um, the longer it takes for you to get clarity, the more you're going to keep coming to them. So it makes financial sense because... Right. If it's going to take you a year, you're going to need them for a year. But I'm not that kind of guy. Um, I'm the guy who, if... I have the answer to your question. I'm not going to say, well, tell me about your childhood. That's important. But I'm like, look, I ain't got time for that. Do this, do this, do that. You're done. Um, and then I, I found out that as people came to the program, um, there were a lot of people who were not even clear about what their goals were. So you sign up to the program, but you don't know what to achieve. And so I started by asking them, and it's always the first question, name one thing you want to achieve with this program in the next five weeks that you could not have done unless I helped you. Mm. And for many of them, they don't even know. 
and it was shocking. So um, then, of course, to make it happen, then I would, you know, I would tell them, if you don't get it done, I'm going to give you a series of, of activities over the course of six weeks. Um, each activity is going to be fine. And if you don't get, get it done, I'm going to find you. Um, and, you know, people just think I'm joking. I'm a nice guy. How can you find me upon the money I'm paying? Are you kidding me? Um, but they realize that in the program, I, I tend to break them into teams. And I make it one for all and all for one. So if you default, if you don't turn in your assignments, if you don't do what I asked you to do, it doesn't affect you alone. It affects your entire team. So if I was charging an individual 20, 20K for not delivering, that's 20K multiplied by the number of people in, the, in their so teams. There's account forced so there's accountability. forced accountability. So everyone literally steps up to the plate and then they think that I'm not going to collect. And I always collect. Mm. And they're like, Steve is evil. Steve is ruthless. And, you know, somebody mentioned it. I was like, ruthless. You know, I like that. Yeah, this, this you know, this separates me from everyone mm. else. So I'm, I'm really not the huggy, touchy, kissy, feely guy Right. until you deliver. When you deliver, I'll love on you, but you know, I, I'm, I'm tough love all the way. So it works for me. You talked about tough love now, right? Yeah. And I'm going to, I'm going to throw you under the bus for a second. Here we go. Um, so one of the things that I, I, you know, I'm really intrigued by, right? I mean, I've known you for a while yeah. on a personal level um, and on a work level. I hope that came out right. Um, <laughs> but one of the things that, you know, really intrigues me is the fact that you're always filled with confidence. You're always, you always bring the energy to the room. Yeah. You know, there's that, um, there's that grit and that drive and that ambition and yeah. that passion that you bring in. Um, and that's beautiful, you know, and I want to ask you, like, do you ever not feel confident? So do you ever go through moments where you're not as confident or not as filled with energy and how do you overcome that like what does that feel like yeah. and then how have you been able to navigate through it okay so i'm gonna i'm gonna say something that i've probably never said on any interview so you heard it here first guys <laughs> um i'm i'm not really that confident um steve harris as people know me today is a character that i've built um the guy who i used to be let's call him harris steve mm. Um, was a guy who dropped out of school, had a lot of obstacles thrown his way, got thrown under the bus and had a lot of insecurity. Um, and then I decided, who do I want to be? And I crafted this guy who's a blend of several other mentors that I've seen. I took the confidence of this guy, the charisma of one guy, the grit of this guy, the aggressiveness of this guy, the heart of this guy, all mashed it together and then created what today is Steve Harris. So to be really, really honest, um, let me let me show you how vulnerable I get. So a couple of years ago, I did a post on and I got thrown under the bus, under the bus, under the train, everywhere. Um, I did a post on Bob Risky, and I was talking. He wasn't as controversial as he is right now, um, or you know, she, he, he is right now. Um, but I did a post on him then, and I was talking about how you know entrepreneurs need to own their business the way he does, and if necessary, if they have to court controversy. Not do do not be able to uh, don't be afraid to support co controversy if you have to, because the 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 fundamental currency that you're trading is attention. Mm. So if you can get attention, get it. Now I did the post and I was talking about how you know he courts controversy or he looks like what he's selling, and I put it on Instagram, and people just went after me, man. They went after my juggler. They cussed me out, accused you know, talked about my faith you know, said I was his bae, mm. um, Christians, everyone, you know, people that I thought would right. know better. Just, you know, I trended perhaps for all the wrong reasons, but I trended, which so attention is good. Um, but, you know, 
I literally read every comment, every comment, including all the bad ones. And I'll never forget, I was sitting in bed and I was, I was, in, I was so depressed by the vitriol mm. that I'm like, don't these people get that I'm not endorsing whatever he's, I'm just saying this is a business right. case, own it. And I read everything and I, I cried, I was depressed. My wife came and she was like, what's wrong? I'm like, the people don't get it. You know, so Steve Harris in reality is, um, perhaps it's a character that I've built, but I've become, um, but he's a real human guy who loves deeply, um, but isn't gonna let people just, you know, take the easy way when they can be like, you know, pursuing their purpose, chasing their right. greatness, not giving any excuses. So I tell them, all the guys that I've been privileged to coach, I say, you know, I'm I'm more interested in your journey than your destination. The destination will get there. Right. I'm not one of those guys who'll tell you, you know, you'll make it in 90 days, you probably can't. But I'm gonna tell you that I'm gonna stick with you no matter how long it takes. Mm. So um, like I always say on my bio, I'm the first coach that people should have called, mm. but I'm the last one they'll ever need. So yeah, so I guess that's confidence. what it is. Confidence, <laughs> I love it. I love how you ended with the, yeah, the confidence. Yeah, that's what it, I mean. So I mean, yeah, yeah. pretty confident. And, and I mean, it's, it's, it's beautiful that you talk about like, you know, the vulnerability, you know, cause I, I feel like, um, a lot of times, like people tend to look at coaches and, and people who, um, generally share about, you know, life lessons yeah. and try to teach, um, they're, they're looked at as though they don't have emotions right. and like that, you know, their lives are perfect. Um, and I mean, we're human, right? Yeah, so absolutely. so it's like, sometimes you want to say, excuse me, yeah. you wouldn't excuse yourself yeah, for, you know, you wouldn't excuse me for certain things, yeah. but you would excuse yeah. yourself, um, you know, for certain things. And, and that tends to happen. Um, you talk with, you, you obviously spend a lot of time with a lot of people that you teach and you've built the MBT community um, and the Steve Harris community. What would you say is one of the things that you have seen over and over um, in people's lives that sort of keeps them in that state of analysis paralysis, right? So what is what is one thing that, if you had to say, was the most prominent that keeps showing up? Fear. Mm. People people live in fear, and it's it and this fear distilled into many things. You know, am I good enough? What if they judge me? You know, I I I, I tell sometimes I tell them just do something basic. This is the era of content. Mm. Put content out there you know, put your personality out there, do video, go out there, you know, be there. And people are like, yeah, but you know, I don't want people to look at me and you know, and they're thinking of my hair and my, I'm like, look, no one is looking at your hair. No one is looking at your makeup. I said, everyone who's on social has bigger fish to fry. Mm. They, they're having drama in their lives. The best you are is an interruption to their drama. So you better be a good one. Mm. You better be worth it. If I'm going to click on your feed, because of something, you know, just to get me out of whatever funk I'm in, and I'm gonna take 60 seconds of my life to look at your content, it better be good. So don't worry about the fact that, you know, it's not perfect. I tell people, it doesn't have to be perfect. It just has to be done. Mm. When it's done, we can revise it later. You can't revise an idea. You can't, you can't revise an idea that hasn't been executed. You can't win a Grammy for a song you never sang. You can't win an Oscar for a movie you never, you never act started in, starred in. So just put it out there. It doesn't have to be perfect. People will criticize. I mean, I, I don't know. Let me quickly give this example. So way before social Instagram, Twitter and all that, you know, really took off. Um, I've always been the guy who said I wanted to invest in, online real estate, mm. you know, so back maybe 10 years ago, 
um, other consultants and coaches were building training facilities and, you know, they're owning offices and stuff like that. And it was great. It was a good model. They could have, you know, people come. But I looked at the world and I said, the world is going online. Nigeria hasn't caught up yet. So I want to be the guy who buys that real estate before Nigeria wakes up to it. So I want to have that first mover advantage. Um, so I started investing in tech webinars and things like that. This is like 10 years ago. Um, and I'll never forget that, you know, so when I, when I, in fact, I was one of the first who perhaps started doing podcasts in my yeah. space from podcasts. I started doing, you know, webinars and I did this webinar on financial intelligence because people were always asking me questions about making money in the whole nine yards. And I charged a grand for it, 1K. And I was expecting it to be oversubscribed. 24 hours to the webinar, not a single person had paid. Mm. Now, I was frustrated, like, what the heck? You know, these are people who, you know, slide in my DM or asking me questions. Now I've created the, the program. Sign up. Let's go. And it's ridiculously affordable. Just a grand. Let's do this. And no one had signed up. So, I, you know, I told my wife because I was, I was really feeling bad. And, you know, I said, if just one person pays, I'll do it. If just one person pays, you know, so maybe like half an hour into the time for the webinar, I was already, you know, upset packed my laptop, you know, shutting down. Mm. And then I get an alert for a grand. And I go to my living room and I tell my, guess what, guess what, guess what? Somebody has paid. And I looked at the credit advice and it was my wife who had paid. Right. And my wife said to me, I still get, you know, choked up every time I talk about it. You know, but, but my wife said to me that you said if one person pays, you'll do it. Mm. So I've paid, do it. And so I go back into my study, turn on my laptop and I go live. And I'm, I have to say to everyone, hey everyone, Steve Harris here, welcome to this financial intelligence webinar. It's gonna be amazing. And I spoke as if I was speaking to a hundred people and all through my wife was dropping comments like, woohoo, go on, great, I love it. You know, and I ran this thingy and Long story short, you know, because it was recorded, I, I got the, the replay mm. and sold the replay for five grand and I had about 12 people who paid. But here's, here's my point. Mm. There are people who they go live or they post something on Instagram or social media and no one likes. And then they think that, well, because no one likes, I'm not good enough. Yeah. You gotta keep showing up. Yeah. So if I, Steve Harris can, be in that place where, and you know, I've gone through this and now today I can, I can put stuff out and people trend or whatever it happens. I'm like, be consistent. Yeah. Just do it. You're not, I'm not doing it for the, the acclaim. I'm not doing it for the likes. I'm doing it because I want to satisfy my conscience that I, I put something out in the world that could help somebody else. Yeah. Whether they like it or not, doesn't matter, but I'm going to be true to myself and put it out there. Yeah. And, 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 and you know, that, in itself leads to excellence, right. right? Because I love how you said when you spoke, you know, when you went on the webinar, like you talked as if you were talking to a yeah. bunch of people, even right. though you knew that it was just your wife that had signed up, but that thing of showing up fully, yeah. right? So showing up fully or not showing up at all. Right. And I've seen you, you've obviously, you know, you've come into the office sometime and you've spoken with, um, you know, some of our staff yeah. and I've seen you show up as if you were in a seminar, yeah. <laughs> like the same way you would speak to, uh, you know, thousands of yeah. people is that same energy yeah. that you've brought, you know, into speaking to five, six, seven people. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's, 
really admirable because I see how even with social, it's it's pretty much the same thing. It's yeah. that thing of continuously showing up fully or not showing up at all. Yeah. You know, and I think that that's something that you know people need to. It's all or learn. nothing. All or nothing. And you shared um, while we we're talking, you you'd mentioned uh, dropping out of university, right? right? And and I think for me. Um, we've heard that story. I've heard the story, yeah. right? And and I, I know that, you know, it's been out there. Um, but for me, it's it even goes beyond dropping out of university because right. um, essentially I see, you know, life in itself as a university. So technically, mm-hmm. you're still in the university of life. I am. You mm-hmm. may have dropped out of an institutional yes. box, right? Sure. But you're still in the university of life. Um, can, you, can we talk about that timeline, okay. right, between when you i don't know if it was a i don't remember if it was like a conscious decision but that period between when you dropped out and the next day like when you woke up the next day and was Mm -hmm. like i've left the university what was it like can you tell me that story uh so it's it's two decisions so um for the first university i didn't drop out i got kicked out Okay, so I'm a two-time college dropout. I'm really in a class all by myself, just literally. Um, but the first, the first uh, school, the university I've been in, I got kicked out in my third year. Um, I, I had issues with my lecturers. Um, I, I think, um, um, apart from, to be honest, if I could, if I will take a bit of the blame, is to say I wasn't really wired for you know that department. So it was math. I hate numbers. Mm. The only numbers that really get my attention, what I'm getting paid, the end. Um, Wait, you were studying? Yes. Math? So yeah. So I was yeah. So so industrial math was a course. Wow. I was studying. You know, there's math is <laughs> right. further, and then there's industrial. I barely you know scaled through math, and then you get industrial, um, because somewhere in my mind, my parents wanted me to be an engineer. Mm. But I wasn't cut out for that. So I was just, you know, science student because you're, you're, you did well in sciences. Mm-hmm. You should be. In retrospect, if I could go back, I'd probably be in art class. I'd probably do mass communication. I'd probably do something else mm-hmm. um, that would naturally, you know, project my gifts. But I, I was caught up in math. And long story short, I had issues with my lecturers. Um, and then, of course, they were interested in a girl that I happened to be or they were interested in a girl who was interested in me. Let's put it that way. And then, of course, um, second semester, 300 level, um, I go to the notice board and I see those, you know, five words that no kid wants to see. Candidates is advised to withdraw. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, it was like my life literally came to a screeching halt. Um, I had spent five years in school for a four-year course because mm-hmm. I had I was put on probation in my in my second second year. I wasn't really serious. Then this is the second time, and then you get kicked out. Um, it, it it messed with my mind. It messed with everything because I'd built my my life around that community of school, um, and I've never been. I'm I'm a big believer in education, which is great because I am a teacher right. at at my core. Um, I, I was the one who my parents thought was most likely to succeed. You know, do the whole you know school, and I, that's who I am. Mm-hmm. I'm, I love to learn. Um, so when I couldn't cut in in that place, it just messed up everything that I knew. Uh, and then this is Nigeria, where a, a qualification or cert- certificate um, is is everything. Yeah, it means a lot. It means more. a lot. You know what I mean? Even if you don't have nothing. Um, but yeah, so that happened. Uh, then I went to Madonna University. I spent about you know seven months there. Then I kicked myself out. Um, but. I think the wake up call for me was I just realized that when, when I left school that I just wanted to do something. Yeah. 
because at this time, the second time around dropping out of school, my younger ones had passed me by. You know, my little sister was already working in a bank and giving me an allowance. My brother was in 300 level. My my youngest, who's 10 years younger, my parents had to decide which either, because I'm the first, so they had to decide either her or me to go to a private university and she won. Mm. And she was 15 and I was 25 and they chose her. And so it messed up everything that I knew about confidence about myself. So it, it just totally took me out. Uh, um, but yeah, we're here now. <laughs> wow. I know that you're more than a motivational speaker, but at what point did you decide that you were going to speak, right? That right. you were going to become a speaker? Uh, well, I, I think for me, it was when... I met Feladrotoy and he's, you know, regarded as Nigeria's leading, you know, speaker. And when I met him, you know, he, he was speaking and there was something inside of me that just felt that I could do this because mm-hmm. he was, he was, I'd heard pastors preach and, you know, people speak, but I didn't have that kind of connection. It was, it was literally something like deep calling onto deep mm-hmm. and something in me just simply said that I could do this. And again, I was in a very dark place in my mind. So I wasn't trying to become a motivational speaker. I was trying to heal the pain I had, right? And motivation was healing me. So, I mean, I remember back in school, you know, 100 levels, second, you know, second year, um, I was always reading, you know, I was reading books by Tom Peters. I was reading Michael Porter's Competitive Advantage. I was reading books by, you know, all these thought leaders. So I've always been interested in motivation. But in the first instance that I met Fela, um, what he did was healing for my soul. So I wasn't trying to build a career. I was, an intro- I, I was looking for healing. Mm. So every time he spoke, I got healed. Every time he spoke, I got healed. So I, I literally became a junkie looking for a fix. So I was always attending, particularly events that he was organizing, because there was something about what he said yeah. that healed me. And uh, you, know, you also need to think about the perspective that um, as a Nigerian, as Christian, you know, my parents probably thought that maybe there was something spiritual forces, village people were chasing me. Right. So I had gone everywhere, you know, they taking me here, try to psychoanalyze yeah. or, you know, rebuke the devil on me. Um, and none of that healed me. And so it was in looking for healing and finding it that I realized that there are other people like me who need healing. And if this healed me, then I could use this to heal them. Mm. And Ultimately, I found a career. So I wasn't looking for a career. I was looking for healing. And motivation healed me. And I decided to, to pay it forward. I love that. I love the, the fact that you're teaching from experience. Like yeah. you went through the experience yeah. and, and you've tested it, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, Several worked, times. it worked for you. <laughs> yes. And then you're like, you know what? Hey, guys. This didn't work for me. I yeah. think everyone needs to, you yeah. know, hear this um, and and sort of experience this in, yeah. in their lifetime. Yeah. And and I I think for me, what really made it stick was mm-hmm. because, um, when I eventually began my career as a motivational speaker, I wasn't talking about how I succeeded. Mm. I was talking about how I failed. Right. So the other guys, and no disrespect, they're amazing. We're talking about how you could succeed. I didn't have any success. Mm. All I had was failure. So I started talking about my failure and I found that people could resonate with my failure because I didn't have a fancy car, I didn't have a house, I didn't have nothing. I was still bootstrapping. But I found that in 
helping people to say, look, I've been there. I know what you're talking about. I'm not where I want to go yet, but guess what? I've come out and I can help you come out. Mm. And that was a message that was resonating with people. So when people started inviting me, they're like, well, this is a guy who dropped out of school. He's really, you know, we need him to come and share his story. And that's what be, began to build my brand. So in reality, failure, me teaching on failure made me a success. Yeah. So, yeah. And I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm of the school of thoughts that, you know, motivation is very important. Yeah. Like a lot of people, especially in this generation um, where, which I'm in, yes, which we are in, <laughs> which we're both in, right? <laughs> in this, our generation, um, you know, people tend to say stuff like, oh, you know, motivation as we guys, they're always just trying to you know, motivate, know. motivate. Yeah. There is no big deal to motivation and all of that. And then right after you say that, they'll just post like, you know, it's some uh, a post that has like words yeah. that I'm gingering them anyways, exactly. right? Um, and and I've always found that interesting because I feel like there is a place for motivation. Right. Like everyone, you know, you might be inspired by stuff, but everyone needs that extra execution. Push, yes, right. That just says go, yeah, like, leap out of the fear, yeah, go and do it, and it can come from the most unlikely places. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times I say to people, I'm like, look. Don't focus on the messenger. If you focus right. on the message, right, and take the message and yeah. not focus so much on, oh, why is this person doing it mm-hmm. or you know, mm-hmm. the motive behind it, yeah. you will actually accomplish a lot right. from just taking that message. So so I love to hear this. Um, and I also want to talk about the fact that you posted something on Instagram. I, by the way, I love your Instagram posts. I, I'm a Thank fan. You. I'm a fan. Yeah, I'm a fan. <laughs> we're, we're mutual fans. Yes, right? we are. <laughs> Um, but there was a particular post that you did where you talked about how, you know, for every big idea that you have, there's a small idea, right? And that really stuck for me because I'm, one of the things I've done in my entire life's journey is to always have what I call like my plan B, Mm -hmm. but it's not a plan B in the sense that I think plan A is not going to, going to work. Right. It's a plan B in the sense that this thing must happen. Yes. Right. So you either have your ideal version and mm-hmm. then your scaled down version yeah. that you know that you can do without any yeah. third party right right um yeah and that, that's what has worked for me so mm-hmm. i saw that and i was like this is powerful but then i want to hear it from your perspective right. like what do you mean when you say that and um can you just talk about something in your life that is sort of you know right. where you've applied that to right so so um so i say that you know there's a small size of your big idea um, too many of us get caught up in the big, the grandiose, mm. you know, pictures of our big idea. It's really beautiful. It's really sexy. It's really attractive. Um, but then sometimes with the big idea, it paralyzes you mm. because your, your insecurity is set and you say to yourself, you know, Hey, you know, who am I to dare to think that I can make this happen? You know, so downsize, start small, mm. start with what you have within your control. I mean, there's no, per, there's, there are no perfect scenarios. So right now we're in your studio, it's beautiful lights, it's fantastic, right? But you know that you can also do this and you've done this with your phone. Record on your phone and put it out there. Now you have the resources to make it super size and much more elaborate. But you, you didn't wait for this. Right. You were doing what you could with your phone. And I'm a fan. You pick up your phone, you talk and you talk and you still get the same value, you still get the same results. But I find that people are chasing the forest instead of focusing on the tree. The perfect scenario. Per- there is no perfect scenario. I mean, back in the day when I was doing podcasts, all, all I ever wanted to do was just reverse engineer. And I found 
everywhere I am, it's a function of asking the right questions. So, you know, back in the day, I'd be, you know, blessed by Tony Robbins and all these amazing guys who I still um, admire. And I would ask myself, how did they do this podcast? Because this is 10, 12 years ago. You know, how do, how do they do it? How do they get, you know, we didn't have tech. We didn't have the internet. It wasn't there. But like I always say, it's not what you don't have that limits you. It's what you have, but you don't know how to use. So back in the day, I'd, I got a little information on how to do a podcast. I'd pick up my phone and I'd record with my ums and my ahs. And it wasn't perfect. And I'd, I, I didn't have editing software. I say, I don't care. I've done what I want to see. They should take it like that. Record it and post it. And people would download it. I'm like, right. what? 50 downloads. Are you kidding me? That's 50 people thought this was worth listening to. Oh my God. And I would do that. I would consistently do the same till today. It's been a while since I've done podcasts, but till today, I still use the same thing. I, maybe I just have a single laptop that has a simple software yeah. and I put it out there. I edit the one I can edit, post it and I'm, I'm done. You know, so I think, you know, many of us are shortchanging ourselves mm. because we're hoping for something big. The, this, the, the forest is in the tree. The tree is in the seed. Your big show, your big illumination show is in the seed right. of your, your phone video. Right. So do the one that's within your control. It doesn't have to be perfect. And I think people are just caught up in the judgments. You know, what will people think mm. about me? They're not paying your bills. It doesn't matter what they think. Mm. All that matters is what you think. Did you put your heart into it? Did you give it your best shot? Did you have a few mistakes? Fantastic, no problem. Do it. And I'm a big believer in that. So that drives me. Yeah, so it's like, again, in the results, yes. right? So, so you know, that thing of um, doesn't matter. There's so many ways to skin a cat. Yeah. Is <laughs> that like what they say? Yeah. You know? There's so many ways to skin a cat. Doesn't matter how you get there. The ultimate thing is that Just get there. you get there, yeah. right? By whatever, well, Whatever legal means. Yes, legal. <laughs> we will say that. We said that, yeah. Whatever legal means that it takes, yes. you know, to get there. Um, what would you, on your journey, like, what would you say um, has been one of your biggest inspirations on your journey? Uh, man, to be honest, you know, this is where people say something really deep, right? No, it's fine. <laughs> no, you know, say something really like, deep. Yeah. yeah you know, your, but your dog. Yeah. Well, yeah. You know, you know, but to be honest, I think it's right. my family. It's my family. My wife and my daughter are my biggest inspirations. And, you know, my wife believed in me when there was nothing to believe. Mm -hmm. You know, she's the real motivational speaker. You know what I'm saying? She believed in me when there was nothing to believe. And when I was talking to her about all these amazing things that I would one day hope to do, you know, she, she took a chance on me. When I left my job, she took a chance on me. When I started talking about doing stuff online and she didn't get it, but she mm. took a chance on me. So at every point in time, she may not understand, but she's always, she's always been there to push me. You know, my daughter is amazing because even my daughter is a communicator and mm. I, I don't know, I don't know where she got that from, you know, but she's a communicator. She's written her first book, you know, and yeah. Yeah. Congrats. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Paris. yeah. Shout out to Paris. Shout out little Kate, <laughs> Yeah, well, you, you know. know. Um, but she's written her first book yeah. and I'm seeing her. So, so my, my prayer is that my ceiling, no matter how elevated, mm. must become her floor. Mm. You know what I mean? So, I mean, today, give an example. So, I mean, let me tell you something that happened recently. So, um, 
she so we buy like packs of juice or something like that and she's very interested so she started an, an ice lolly business okay okay so she takes the juice and she puts it into these little cones and freezes them um and then she sells them and she sells them to us <laughs> and everyone who comes into the house right. so i one day you know so i was like she said to me oh daddy um would you like an ice lolly i'm like yeah sure cool and initially i thought she was going to give it to me for free so she's like oh here you go I'm like, oh, thank you. That's so sweet of you. She was like, it's 20 naira. But if you don't have 20 naira, it's 50 naira. If you don't have 50 naira, it's 100 naira. <laughs> I'm okay. like, what? Like, what's <laughs> you know what's, going, I, what's on going on? And, you know, for me, that's beautiful because she's learning now how to sell. Right. Right. You come into the house and you, she, you know, she t- engages you. She asks, you know, are you, you know, do you, do you are, are your parents? Yes or no. Even if the answer is no, she'll still find a way to sell her book to you. And then she'll say to you that, you know, I have a book. Do you have children? You say, yes, I have children. Or do you have children around you? Yes. And she says, I have a book. I think it'll be amazing for them. She goes up and she goes, get, gets the book mm. and she hands it over to you. And you're thinking like, oh, that's so sweet of you. She's like, yeah. oh, yes, it's 1,000 there. <laughs> and you, she will collect that money for you. Right. You know, so for me, it's beautiful because I'm watching her do things that I teach. Yeah. But somehow she's seen it because she's observed. Now, it doesn't mean I'm capitalist. Mm. I'm not capitalist. But she's seen how her daddy, because she's followed me to speaking mm. engagements. Yeah. So from time to time, I try to expose her because I, I reckon that that's the gift she has. Yeah. So, yeah. And I mean, even just build, that helps build yes, confidence. Exactly. With kids. Which is what I want. <laughs> yeah. Which is what I want. So, you know, it's really beautiful. So my family is my, my biggest, biggest doggone inspiration. And, and motivation. And motivation. Because yeah. obviously you need that motivation yourself. Yes, yes. You know, sometimes you forget who's motivating the motivator. Yes, yeah, so <laughs> school fees motivates us. <laughs> yeah. I, I hear you. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah. Um, that, I mean, it's, it's, it's beautiful to just, you know, listen to you. And, and again, because I've read your book mm-hmm. and I've obviously, you know, heard a lot of your stories. Um, I'm just kind of like flashing back to some of the stuff because you talked about your wife being um, an inspiration and yeah. all of the stuff she's done. And then I remembered the story where you talked about, and you have to share this, sorry. <laughs> where, you t- where you talked about the, um, the well, going to, let me not mention the place, yes. but going to somewhere else yeah. that was uh, a little bit more expensive than mm-hmm. your yes. pocket could handle yes. at the yes. time, <laughs> but you made that decision to yeah. do it. And, and there was a lesson in that story. So right. please share that story. You know, so, you know, we'd recently, we'd just gotten married and, um, we had this thing we still do where every Sunday after church, we like to just go out to eat. And it was just the two of us. So back in the day, I would go to, you know, these fast foods that I, I could afford, you know, buy, buy food, no matter what. It probably won't be more than five grand or something like that. And, you know, one day while we were having lunch and having what I thought was a good time, she says to me, you know, why don't we go to this particular restaurant? And it's one of the major five-star mm. hotels and restaurant chains uh, in Nigeria. And I was like, I don't, I don't get it. What are we going, going there to do? Their food is expensive. And she, she asked, so how much is their food? I'm like, I don't know, but it's expensive. You know, so that first dawned on me in retrospect, because during the conversation, I wasn't, I wasn't thinking, I wasn't open to learning, but it, in retrospect, it dawned on me that we have no facts for what we're afraid of, you know? And so she kept asking, so, you know, you know, why, why, why aren't you? Let's go now. One of these days, let's just go. What's the worst that can happen? I'm like, their food is expensive. Are you freaking kidding me? You know, and we go back and forth and back and forth. And as she's talking to me about this, I'm getting angry. And I don't know why I'm getting angry, you know. And then I blurt out, you know, what, what the hell is wrong with you? Come on. Don't you know we have to manage? Now, I didn't know that that belief system 
was something that was embedded in my DNA based on my life experiences. So growing up, you know, my parents had to work really hard for money as most Nigerian parents have to. Um, and the usual refrain when we go to ask our parents for money was, you have to manage, or do you know, you know, do you think money grows on trees or, you know, da, 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 all the same refrains. And internally, I swore that I'd never be that person. Mm. But when push came to shove, when the right conditions were available, I released the same behavior. And then I knew that I was, I was carrying a limiting belief. Um, I know that now because I've done psychology and understand that, but then all I could think of is I'm, and this was the exact thought, I'm becoming my father. Mm. And my dad is an amazing man. But I said, this should stop with me because one day we're going to have kids mm. and your kids will not necessarily do what they see you do. They will, they won't do what they hear you say. They will do what they see you do. Mm. So one Wednesday, I, you know, decided to go to the hotel by myself, this restaurant, you know, fancy, you know, got money in my pocket and I drove in. Didn't know where the restaurant was and I was trying to form like JJ's, like I knew where I was going and walking around right. and, you know, eventually, you know, um, I find, find, I find the restaurant. In fact, they, they, the concierge sent me to the wrong one because there was one downstairs, the sky bar, uh, the, um, there's one bar downstairs right. and then he sent me to the one upstairs. And the, the, immediately I walked into this, you know, restaurant that's probably like 10 floors up overlooking the ocean. The first thing I said to myself is, Stevo, you go wash plates. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Because all I could think about was how much are the, as in, these guys are going to take me for all I've got and I'm, it will still not be enough. Chinas. You know what I, you know what I mean? Uh, um, but I went in there and, you know, long story short, I, I you know, I ordered a meal and, it wasn't really that expensive. I didn't even spend half of the money that I, I think I carried about 20 grand in my pocket. I didn't even spend that. Mm. I think I remember in particular that I ordered, a, a, you know, a soda. And I told the guy, you know, give me some soda. And it was a thousand naira for 1,000 naira. And I said, 1,000 naira for this bottle. That outside crate is a whole crate of 24. Right, right. It's even less than a thousand bucks. You know, and I found myself struggling with that. And, you know, long story short, it, it taught me because I, I eventually stayed there and spent about an hour there. And it taught me that all of this time that I've been driving past this establishment, mm. disqualifying myself from an experience that I thought was too high for me, I could have had that experience for as little as a thousand naira, which I always had in my pockets. Right. So many of us, subconsciously are disqualifying ourselves for, from opportunities because it's based on our mental conditioning. We don't think we deserve it. We don't think we, we, you know, we, we, it's for us. We think it's for rich people and things like that. Um, and you know, it, it forced me to just push the envelope. What's the worst that can happen? They will bounce me. Right. That's the worst. They can't kill me. If they embarrass me, hmm, dust it off and move on. But it was such a huge experience for me because for th at that time, 30 years of my life, I had disqualified myself mm. from certain experiences because subconsciously I didn't think I was good enough. And I find that, you know. So it's like a, a scarcity mindset yes. that we, you know, we are programmed, yes. you know, to believe that is, is the way. So sometimes... Um, cause I even find myself, you know, in the past I would find myself doing false economics, like I call, call it, right? So right. you're like, 
okay, I'm going to buy these shoes mm-hmm. that are, so you're traveling, you're mm-hmm. like, I'm going to buy these shoes that are $15, mm-hmm. right? Right? Because um, they're cheaper. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to buy these other shoes that are 50 to $100, right? right? Um, you buy the shoes for the $15 right. and then they last a few months. Right. In a few months, it's doing what we call open mouth. Yes. <laughs> and then you're like, man, yeah. I should I have just bought the yeah. other shoes because yeah. those ones will last you like five years, right. six years, sure. you know? And I feel like there's a false economics that we mm-hmm. do in our minds. So I even had to go through this period where, again, just like you're tracing it back to where did yeah. that come from? And yeah. it really comes from, in my situation, it came from the fact that, um, obviously, like, you know, looking at my parents, my mm-hmm. parents have had to work yes. so hard for what it is that, where it is that they are now. Yeah. And then we saw that as kids, you know, I saw that as a child. I'm like, oh, there is only one way mm-hmm. to do this mm-hmm. thing is by working hard, yes. hard, hard, yes. hard, you know. And and back then, like every single penny that you had, um, you would be asked, how did you get that? Right. Right. And you had to explain it. Mm-hmm. And, it had, and the process mm-hmm. had to be long because yes. the longer it is, the more the value it is. Yes, exactly. You can't say, oh, I did one transaction yeah. mm-hmm. that, that made me this no. amount of money. Mm-hmm. Like people would just say, okay, you're a scam yes. or they had, yeah. you know, like they would, they would try to find a way to make it not value yeah. that you did that. Right. Um, and I think that this is something that a lot of people suffer mm-hmm. with. So in my case, like I had to move from that scarcity mindset to abundance right? and just understanding that the world is, is ours it's, for the taking. It's big enough. I mean, every <laughs> bird, the sky is big enough for every bird to fly. Mm. The, the, the oceans are wide and deep enough for every fish yeah. to swim. So it's just, like you said, it's just having that abundance mindset Mindset, and just putting yourself out there. Yeah. 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 And, and for you, like with all of this amazing work that you're doing and, you know, just being you and obviously learning a lot about you, um, every day, like where do you sort of see this? What do you see this culminating in? Like, you know, what is that goal for you like mm. when you think of your life right um you might think about it as oh what do people want to what mm. will people say about me when yeah. i leave but i think more what do you want to see what is that vision what is that goal where are we going with all of this right ah that's a hard question it's a question i ask myself every day um let me give you the cliche answer world domination <laughs> <laughs> you know um you know but i, I think to be honest um if I can help one more person today than I did yesterday, then I think it would be worth it. If I can help one more person become either in their businesses, either in their relationships, even in their economies, mm. then it would be worth it. If I can just inc- just help one more person today than I did yesterday. And I don't know where it's all gonna culminate. Mm. I mean, I'm looking at different areas now. So there's, of course, I'm known as a consultant. Mm. I'm known as a coach. I'm looking at community. I'm creating content. I'm doing conferences. You know, all these things are putting it together. So I don't know what, what the final outcome is, which is weird for someone who helps people with their which goals. Which is okay, I think. Yeah, it, I think it's okay not <laughs> yeah. to know. I think it's just, like I said, if you're if you're just heading in the direction, you'll get to the destination inevitably. I don't know what the El Dorado is, but for me, it's, it's just, I want to die empty. And I know it sounds cliche, you know, if, if I may, there's this, you know, scripture mm-hmm. that, you know, blows my mind all the time. And it's, it's, I think it's in the book of Kings and it talks about, 
um, Elisha, I think, who had called a particular king and he wanted to bless him. And then he says, you know, bring your quiver and your bow, you know, and he tells him to open the windows. And then he tells him, you know, shoots, doesn't tell him why, just tells him shoots. And the guy takes his, you know, arrow from the quiver, shoots. And the pro prophet said, cool, shoot. Guy takes another one, shoots. Prophet says, do what you want to do. Takes another one, shoots. And then he does it three times mm -hmm. and then he stops. And the prophet gets so angry and he says, if you had kept on shooting, you would have totally won the victory, mm. but you stopped. And then the Bible says in the next verse, and Elisha died. Mm. And for me, it was so scary because if you have a quiver full of arrows, shoot them. If you run out of arrows, throw the quiver. If there's no quiver, pull your shoot. <laughs> but by all means, keep throwing until you hit something. So I'm gonna throw everything that God has given me, arrows or if it's this good looks, I'll throw it. If it's this voice, I'll throw it. If it's whatever, I will throw it until I am totally and utterly exhausted and I've mm. hit my goal, whatever the goal is, because I don't know whether it's 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 a podcast that God will use to bless someone right. or it's a book or it's a conference or it's coaching or it's consulting. I have no idea. But as long as I have it, I want to throw them all. And then at the end of the day, I can say to God, you know what? I'm done, man. This is it. So I hope I've been able to reach one more person today than I did yesterday. And I think that's... Um, that's what it is. So thank you so much for just being here and this for sharing good. and for pouring out your heart. Where can people find you online? Uh, social, um, Twitter, Instagram at I am Steve Harris. Um, Facebook, Steve Harris. There, there are quite a number of Steve Harris's. Just look for the best looking black dude. That'll be me. Um, and then my website, um, I am Steve Harris.com. Awesome. So you guys. Make sure you look for Steve Harris. I'm sure they will anyways. I probably don't- They ain't got no choice. In. You ain't got I no choice. They're just like, oh my gosh, I need to go He's so good looking. Story. I gotta find him, yes. Thanks yes. so much, Steve. Thanks for having me. Um, and I, I, you know, I hope that this will impact as many people as, as possible. Amen. Um, Knock on wood. Yeah. And then when they send you DMs and stuff, you can give me a shout out. Of course, always, always, always. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Awesome stuff. What's up, Lumination Tribe? Subscribe to this channel for more insightful and impactful learning. Check out our website, luminaworld.com, for show episodes, resources, and events. Let's continue this journey of growth.